Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So about Michael Jordan, how you gonna hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. All right. Today is part one of three. <clears throat> We're cutting up into these parts into three parts for the top 75 power forwards of all time. On this podcast, you're going to hear 75 through, uh, what do you think, 51 or 50? Through 50. Okay. 75 through 50. Um, so basically... What we're going to be talking about is the power forward list. Now, this is like a roller coaster. Sure. You have to be a certain height to ride the power forward roller coaster. Very true. <laughs> so if you're six foot six and under and not named Zion Williamson, Very not true. named Charles Barkley, yep. and not named Larry Johnson, yep. get off the right. Yep. I'm looking at you, David. <laughs> A guy on the top seventy-five list is a six-foot-six power forward that couldn't jump over a book. No, sorry to break your hearts, guys. He's not one of the top seventy-five players of all time. <laughs> right there, you go. <laughs> so uh, that's the premise for this one. Uh, I think Chris, you have the first one pulled up, right? Yeah, but let me give me give me one second. I want to just go ahead and add something to that. So okay. something about this list, you know, I mean, because it's power forwards throughout throughout history, power forwards have not really been like that shining light on a team. It's yeah. really been played through the big man, through the center. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the greatest players, you know, from you know past times is Kareem, Wilt, Shaq. You know, I mean, you look at the center to really lead your team. Every mm-hmm. championship team had a dominant center. There was never really much of a power forward presence. Mm-hmm. Um, until a Charles Barkley came around, um, until a Kevin Garnett, until a Tim Duncan. Um, yeah. Power forwards in NBA up until those points in time were really lackluster. So yeah. this list, may you may be like, hey, I don't know any of these guys until we get to really top. That's pretty much how a lot of our list goes. Yeah. But um, it's just more of a history list to take it like that because yeah. a lot of these guys really aren't just popping out at people. There are a lot of forgotten people yes. um, because they're just not great. They're not really highly skilled. I'm not gonna say they're not great, but they're not highly skilled like we would come to know power forwards today. The, yeah. the position has really been revolutionized from what it was. I yeah. mean, think of it this way: the power forward is just the next. It's like the step down from the center. So if you already have a dominant center, you really don't need your power forward to really just be top. I mean, just like on top of everything, really yeah. skilled. If you have like a Kareem, you have a Wilt. If you have a Shaq. You really yeah. don't need that. You really just need maybe some solid defense and maybe a good role player. But you have to also think about the fact that when these guards are, I mean, these um, power forwards are coming through, these bigs, these semi-bigs, 
Um, they're not stretching the floor either. So mm. they're basically playing from the same position as the center. So you're not going to see them really dominate a game because that's not really what their, you know, what their position is. Yeah. Yeah, there is one revolution, though, which is uh, there are three guys that are going to be pretty high on this list that are here and not on the center position because of Shaq. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Dirk Nowitzki had revolutionized the power four position because when you're so tall and you're basic, they're basically the height of centers, but they stopped playing against the center position because of Shaq and they were amazing. It was a revolution. It was probably the greatest power forward era of the power forwards. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one thing that's definitely changed. But before that, there were a lot of role players. There were a lot of just, I rebound the ball extremely well. It's hard to like rank them. Some people just don't have much skill other than posting and rebounding. So yeah. Yeah. So this, this, this is going to be a, a good list though. It's a vet. We did our best on act trying to give you guys accurate information here. So, uh, I'm excited, Chris, for you to break into the 75. All right. It's so relevant. <laughs> we were trying to make these guys as relevant as possible to you guys because, I mean, shoot, a lot of these guys don't even, like, exist in the YouTube era. So it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, top, so to break in our 75 list, the number 75 player is – Wallace Eckerd Johnson, a.k.a. Mickey Johnson. So um, he's a 6'10 power forward. He's just with his right hand from Chicago, Illinois. Drafted by the Portland Trailblazers in the fourth round of the 1974 NBA draft. Played 12 years. Um, there's really no film highlights, so we're really just basketball referencing this right now. <laughs> yeah. So he, has, um, he played 904 games. Uh, 14.1 7.2 rebounds, three assists, and his highest scoring game. Yeah, see, you're not even going to see any really numbers that pop out at you. So his highest scoring game, his highest scoring season was 19.1 points with the Indiana Pacers, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And that was in 1979-1980 season. That's pretty nice. That's yeah. not bad. That's yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys that like one season averaged 19 and 8. Yeah, are on this list. All right, <clears throat> so we're gonna kick it to number seventy-four. We have a guy with a similar problem. One of the only three people on this list to have no peak highlights. Mister J. Vincent, Big Daddy, Fat Daddy, Midnight Creeper, and Doctor J are his what? nicknames. Doctor J, there's only one Doctor J, and his name is Julius Irving. <laughs> I respect that man like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that could be more true. Uh, all rookie team. He's been in the NBA for nine years. Uh, he was a 24th overall pick in the draft. He's picking out around 18 and let's see here, 18 and nine, which again, another guy is picking out a really good numbers, six foot seven. So he's barely tall enough to make the ride, but yeah, Jay Vincent's here at 74 and we have one more guy that has absolutely no highlights. So, quick question, Jay. Yeah. Which Cliff Robinson is it? Is it it's the not Clifford? Clifford. Robin- okay. It's not okay. Clifford. Gotcha. Clifford is higher on this list. Gotcha. Okay, I figured he would be because I know who he is. Yeah. Um, well, this guy's name is Clifford as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alrighty, so at number 73, we have Cliff Robinson, a.k.a. Clifford Trent Robinson, but they call him Cliff Robinson. So he's a 6'9", power forward, small forward, and center, so he played all three positions. Um, kind of a big guy, 260, I mean, 200, I mean 220 pounds, uh, drafted by the New Jersey Nets in the first round, 11th pick of the 1979 NBA draft. He doesn't have any accolades or jewelry, but he played with a lot of teams, Played 629 games over 11-year career, 17.2 points, 8.3 rebounds, 2 assists mm-hmm. um, for his career. And his highest-scoring game – oh, okay, here we go. He had a 20-pointer – a 20.2 20.2 points per game season Um, with Kansas City something. Kansas City Knights, maybe, in the 1981-1982 season. Might have been the Kansas City Kings. Kings? I was close. Okay, Kings. Kansas City Kings. Might be the Kansas City Kings. That That's sounds more one. appropriate. Yeah. Kansas City Kings, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think they might have moved to Sacramento after that. Okay. Yeah, they, I think, yeah, probably so. So he was in the NBA. Not, he was an NBA guy. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it might have been Kansas City Kings. It might be. It might be the Kansas City Kings. Yeah, his peak numbers are pretty nice. So, yeah, <clears throat> definitely deserving of making this list. And yes, finally, we have a guy that we can actually talk about. Yep. Mr. Antoine Carr. This guy is six foot nine, a naturally bigger human being. What we're saying there is he's a wider guy. Um, he has a good mid range shot, he has a really good post feel. Uh, he's never been a great rounder, but rebounder, but he's more of a highly offensive skilled player. And I'm excited to hear the stats on Antoine Carr. Alrighty, so Antoine Labot Carr, I think it's Labot. I think this is his name, his middle name. So uh, we have 6'9", 225 pounds, uh, drafted by the Detroit Pistons. Okay. Detroit Pistons first round eighth pick of the 1983 NBA draft. Um, he debuted in 1984 of October 26. He played 16 years in the NBA. Over a 987 game period, he averaged 9.3 points, uh, 3.4 rebounds, and 1.1 assists for his career. And his highest scoring season was 20.1 points in 1990 to 1991. Yeah, he definitely had one good year with the Clippers, I'm pretty sure. Um, That's Sacramento. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one year. It's hard to have a peak like that. So, And he is also a good role player on those good Utah Jazz teams as he aged. So, yeah, this this guy's uh, very deserving of this uh, spot on this list. Chris, I'm excited to hear you talk about number 71. Okay, this guy's name's a little bit hard. So I think it's Terry Catledge. I think it's Terry Catledge. I don't know. Catledge? Yeah. It's tough. All right. So Catman. (laughs) Catman. Got it. Okay. At number 71, we have Terry Catman Catledge. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Well done. Extremely limited film on this. Okay, so there's extremely limited film on this guy. By extremely limited, I mean like 30 seconds seems like a decent player and. But that's all we can post. But that's all really, really like he can post and rebound, which is very common for 
like we were talking about before when we were introing this list is that a lot of these power forwards, like their specialties are just, okay, I can post up and I can rebound. But like I said, you, during this time, you already have that star center. So these are a lot of really just not even highly skilled role players. They're just role players. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's peak years are with the Orlando Magic after they become an expansion team in 1989. Uh, the funny thing is he was like the man pre-drafting Shaq. Like he had 19 points and like eight rebounds. But then they tried to like, apparently they won more games when he was like not playing. So then they, like, they had a bad relationship and had injuries. So he started going downhill after that, but... Yeah, interesting guy, interesting yeah. player. So yeah, I'm excited to break number seventy here. An Ohio State alum, pretty certain. Ew, Kellogg. Yeah, I think Clark Kellogg is an Ohio State alum. Didn't he? Isn't he an announcer? Yeah, he is for college basketball. Yeah. Oh, I have this one. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking up the stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he sure he's an Ohio State alumni. Clark Kellogg. Uh, this guy's six foot seven. He's fairly athletic. He has really good post feel. He's a good finisher around the rim. He finishes with athleticism. He has tough layups. He just he takes tough angles to finish from in everything he does, he does very well. Uh, he's never been a great rebounder. Uh, he's not much of a defender. And also being six foot seven causes him some problems because he's kind of tweener size wise. So between small forward and power forward. So I'm excited to hear the stats of Mr. Kellogg. Wow. Okay. So here's a couple surprising things real quick. So you said six, seven, 225 pounds. Of course, um, power forward shoots, right? Born in Cleveland, Ohio. Ah, add that to the list. Right. Yeah. So he's a, he's a Clevelander. And he went to Ohio State. I mean, I think I think we had somebody from the last list, right? That was yeah. a, a small forward. I think it was like Braun, Steph Curry, and then there's another guard that's from Akron. I think so, yeah. But he wasn't that great, though. He was as great as those guys. Yeah. Um, and guess what? Hmm. He went to St. Joe's in Cleveland. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's close. Right? Yeah. I live by St. Joe's. That's crazy. Um, so, drafted by the Indiana Pacers, first round, eighth pick, 1982 NBA draft. Um, he debuted October 29th, 1982, and he played for five years. Um, but in those five years, uh, over 260 games, well, no, over 260 games, over 200 games, he averaged 18.9 points, 9.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and his best scoring season... Let's see. He has a very short sample size, but he was he was on the upward trend. He came in dropping. Okay, so the first season of his NBA career, he averaged twenty point one points, and then he was on a downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been because of injury, because he did yeah. just you know f- five years with the Indiana Pacers, and it went from twenty point one points all the way to five points. Um, uh, per, I mean five points. He only averaged five points that the, his last season in the NBA. Yeah, that's that's a really good stats. I really I really think that a lot of the times when you see that that's the right assumption to make that injuries kind of pushed him down and uh, made his career not as long. Yeah. Alrighty. Breaking into the top uh Mr. 69. 
I'm excited to hear you talk about him. All righty. So at number 69, we have Bailey Howell. So this guy is 6'8", very unathletic, good memory shot, could post very well, nothing very special about his game. And that's like I said, like when you, we talk about this list and go on, you, you're going to be like, how did this guy make it? Mm-hmm. He's a power forward. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a power forward that played in the sixties. Um his name's Bailey Howe, six foot seven. Uh he was the second overall pick in the first round. Hall of Famer, six time all star, two time NBA champion, all NBA team once. So there's really good um yeah. achievements in his career. He's peaking around twenty three and fourteen. Uh, he scores over more than 20 points per game multiple times, has close to 19 multiple times. Yeah, he's definitely uh, definitely a Detroit legend, probably. I can't really think of any Detroit players uh, other than... He's pre-Dave Bing. That's basically what I think it is. Mm-hmm. Pre-Dave Bing, he's the guy, and then he leaves to go to Baltimore and then Boston later in his career, which is where I'm guessing he wins the rings. And, uh, yeah. And then uh, that that's when they probably get the first pick with Dave. Nah, second pick with Dave. Bing. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's crazy because it seems like a lot of those old guys, like if you look through like NBA history, a lot of the old basketball players go to the Celtics to die, but they win championships there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Tiny Alterbald and uh, yeah. Bill uh, Walton. Bill Walton did the same thing. Yeah, and didn't Dave Bing end up on the Celtics during his like later years? Or was it the later years? I think it was, yeah, I think, but a lot of teams, like a lot of those bigs went to like either the Celtics or the Lakers to die and win championships. Yeah. yeah. So, like somebody else that's going to be on this power forward list pretty high, Mr. Bob McAdoo's probably went to the Lakers at the end of the Yeah, that's what I meant, Dave. That's what I meant, McAdoo. McAdoo. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was meaning, not Dave Bing. No. Yeah. Alrighty, I'm going to kick it to the next guy. Mr. Rudy Tomanovich. Um, yep. This this guy six eight. Calling him a bad athlete is accurate. <laughs> he, he's highly skilled though for his era. Good off ball mover. Gets to his mid range shots. A good mid range shooter, and he's good uh, with the, in the post doing his running hooks. He's a he's, in general. He's just a good average power forward. Uh, but he's a better coach than player. Two time NBA champion and. Uh, NBA coach with the Hakeem Olajuwon Houston Rockets. Wow. So that's his, that's, you know, if we did coaches much higher. So congratulations. Making yeah. two lists. That's impressive. Um, so going off his stats, a couple quick things is that he not only coached the Houston Rockets, he, co- he also played for them, but they mm. were called the San Diego Rockets at the time. He was drafted by the San Diego Rockets. First round, second pick, second overall in the 1970 NBA draft. 6'8", 218 pounds, 11-year NBA career. He was inducted as a coach in the Hall of Fame as um, in 2020. So he's not in the Hall of Fame as a player, but as a coach he is because of his Akeem Olajuwon Rockets days. Mm -hmm. Five-time All-Star. Um, over 768 games, he, he averaged uh, 17.4 points, 8.1 rebounds, and two assists. And let's see, he has some solid games. Um, see, so he scored, um, he averaged 20 points per game in one, two, three, three seasons. So it was uh, 1975, 1974, 1975 as a Houston Rocket. 
And then uh, 1976, 1977, 1977 to 1978 as well. So in those three seasons, he averaged over 20 points. So those are pretty decent numbers. I'm assuming that at that point, um, he might have not – I'm not going to say he was the best player on the team, but he might have been close to being the best player on the team. That's probably why he was able to get so many touches. Yeah. I mean, those are those are definitely uh, deserving numbers for this list. You know, yeah. the running jump hook is a shot that it stands the testament of time because mm-hmm. there's some shots like John Havacek's layup, two-handed, underhanded layup in the lane. Yeah, not going to be translatable. Let's be honest with this here. Too many centers, too many athletic guys. Hondo. Yeah. But the running jump hook is kind of unblockable. Yeah. It's one of those shots. I mean, it's like kind of like a step back because you're already running backwards or running to the side, and then you're using your body to shield the guy. So it's hard to block. So mm-hmm. those kind of shots like that, even though they're older, you know, not as current, still, still, they, they could still score with it. So, yeah. All right, I'm excited to hear you talk about somebody that's a little more modern. All righty, so at number 67, we have Jay Smooth, mm-hmm. Josh Smith. <clears throat> so, um, oh, he's a lefty. Okay, so he's 6'9", 225, shoots left. Um, he went, He was, okay, so during his time um, in the NBA or pre-NBA time, there was a lot of um, – okay, so after, like, there wasn't many players coming out of high school anymore. Mm, yeah. So he went to a lot of different high schools in order to get recruited. So he went to multiple high schools. He went to Oak Hill, um, which is, like, a scoring basketball school. But then he also went to John McEaker. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Um, and then he was drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. That's probably where you remember him from. Yeah. Um, first round, 17th pick. Uh, 17th overall. Wait, was I supposed to read him? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were doing both that and the description at the same time. I was like, okay, let's, that's cool with me. Oh, God. Hey, you introed him well. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're just going to just... Alrighty. So, um... Yeah, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. So he was an amazing defender and a world-class athlete. He passes really well, and he attacks the rim with ease. Um, so I'm going to go ahead into his uh, – so he played for about 11, 13 years. I remember he played uh-huh. majority of his, you know, time with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he wasn't really just popping out at you, really. Yeah. He was a good defender, though. 2009, 2010, all-defensive. 2004, 2005, all-rookie. Um, played 894 games. Um, in his picture, it looks like he actually made it to the modern era because it looks like he's born in a New Orleans Pelicans jersey at the end of his career. Yeah. Um. So it's about fourteen point five points, seven point four rebounds, three point one assists. Um, and he had some pretty decent seasons. Let's see, he's very um average. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had just like his highest points per game was like eighteen point one a season. That was with Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, but he really just did about – he really um, hovered around 17, 16 points, 11 points. He was always in double digits, but it was really in, always in the teens. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember this guy. I remember the fact that uh, he was one of those untapped potential guys. Mm-hmm. Streaky shooter, um, and he was a ridiculous athlete. Like, if you want to want, want to watch a fun highlight tape, you'll see him dunking on a lot of people, and you'd be like, "Man, he's a big human being." Yeah. And it's just, you know, never really was skilled shooting from any area. I mean, if he would have even been like, I want to be a mid-range ISO guy, could have. If he wanted to be, hey, I'm a shot creator from three, he could have. Or he could have been a point forward and really, like, done pick-and-roll actions and ran them effectively. You know, I mean, there's a lot of ways he could have uh, become an all-star because mm-hmm. that was his true potential, but he never really... Reach it was like I'd say ninety five percent of Giannis is what he has gift gift athletically, yeah, uh, and passing wise because he's a good passer. I just never really got to put things together. Yeah, true. Because uh, I remember, like, definitely, I remember those highlights. That's what I was about to say was that I just remember him being really athletic. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, especially when you're young. You're mm-hmm. not really analyzing the game until you get pretty much older. You're really just looking at like, oh, man, this guy is dunking all over the place, and he's really excited to watch. Oh, I like this guy. And that's really yeah. why I started watching him, you know, at, even at a young age. was because he was just dunk. I just love his athleticism, just like Gerald Green. Yeah. Gerald Green was really athletic. Sadly, Gerald Green's not making the list, though. Yeah. He was a force offensively. He really was. Switchable guard, multiple positions. He was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, I'm going to kick it to number 66, Paul Millsap. He's a really good post player. Um, he's always been highly fundamentally sound, good mid-range shooter, rebounds well. Um, he doesn't do much else, but he in the modern era, he's also a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop guy in the mid-range. Mm-hmm. Uh, finishes really well around the rim, at least when he's younger. Uh, but his post-game is footwork really allows him to be on this list. So do, are we uh, switching it up and I read my own guy's stats or are we going back to you reading it? Because I do have his stats pulled up. Uh, if you want to just do it for this guy because I did it for the person before. Okay. Are we going <laughs> to keep it like that? Uh, no, we can go back and forth. But just for this, for this because I just did it accidentally for the person before. <laughs> uh, okay, sounds good. All right, so this guy, four-time All-Star. Yeah, I remember those Atlanta years. He was pretty, pretty good. Um, all defensive ones, all rookie team, six foot seven, 257 pounds. He looks like it. He's a built human being. Uh, they literally call him the anchor man. Uh, mm. Second round draft pick. So that means he's a great story for the Utah jazz, really consistent career, uh, peaking around 18 and, uh, seven. So yeah, I remember. Yeah, this guy's been a really solid player for a really long period of time. So yeah, I'm excited to hear you break in, into the 65s. All righty, Paul Millsap. All right. Ooh, I know who this guy is too. All right. So at number 65, we have Al Harrington. So he's another Atlanta Hawk guy. We have three Atlanta Hawk guys back to back to back. <laughs> Um, so really good pl- post player, good mid-range shooter, not bad from the three-point line, kind of a jack-of-all-trades player. So here's a funny story about Al Harrington. So I'm not sure how many of you guys actually play any of, like, um, play video games, okay? So I used to play NBA Street a lot, mm-hmm. NBA Street Volume 3, and I think he was, like, a cover star 
or wow. I, the, he was either a cover star on the team on the game or he was like one of the teams that beat me and I thought he was a really good player. <laughs> so I played with him on the game and I never played with him again because I found out that he wasn't that great on the game. <laughs> so that's kind of how I, how I know who he is because I was like, I was like, hit these three. I was trying to shoot threes with him, but he wasn't hitting threes. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my gosh. So yeah. that's how Yeah. Yeah, that's a good story. Uh, yeah. He's six foot nine, two hundred thirty pounds. First round draft pick, twenty fifth overall by the uh, Indiana Pacers, nineteen ninety eight. Really, he's peaking around twenty points per game. Yeah, he played uh, his first five se- seasons with them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was probably behind Jermaine O'Neal, and then he probably moved somewhere else. Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, yeah. Um, He's speaking around the gold with the Golden State Warriors. I think on the Redeem team, or no, the We Believe team, they beat the the Mavericks in the first round. I think he was on that team. Yo! He was averaging 20 points per game and uh, six rebounds a game during that season. So this guy's always been really highly skilled offensively. Very disturbing, this list. For All sure. Right. That's crazy. Uh, three Lynn Hawks team. Three Lynn Hawks players back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Did you plan that? Did we plan no, that? No, I did not. That's oh. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to the Lynn Hawks. Three, three power forwards in top 75 all time. That's pretty hard when you think about it. They draft pretty well normally, so... That's... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Underrated draft years, for sure. Yeah, they have a well-run franchise. They, even though they've never won a championship in a long time, they've always yeah. been relevant. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, remember they had like T Mac during like his later years. They even had Mike Bibby during his later years as well. Yeah, they had that Joe Johnson, Josh Smith team, and then Al Horford, Paul Millsap, Kyle Korver, and then Trey Young in the modern era. They've since we've been been alive, they've been pretty relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they Hello. they had uh, what's his face? He's on TNT. Sam Smith, no. The Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Yeah, yeah, Steve Smith, yeah. Yeah. 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've always been really good, yeah. Really solid, solidly run franchise and well coached. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. I'm going to kick it to 64. Yeah. Multiple time NBA champion Tom Heisen. Uh, he's six foot seven. He has good running hook shots. He has a good hook shot in general. He's a really good mid-range shooter. He can drive a little bit, but it's not really his strength. His uh, strength is he is his tough shot making with his running huts, hooks and being able to really make good mid-range uh, shots. There is a question here. How would he fare against more athletic power forwards? Would he have been the same because he's very unathletic? But he was definitely dominant in his era. Um kind of underrated because I don't think he would m- make some of these lists but I, I definitely see uh, him making this list so I'm excited to hear the stats which I'm sure are going to be crazy Tom Heinsohn yep okay Thomas William Heinsohn um, got a couple cool nicknames Tommy Tommy Gun Ack Ack I don't know why uh, <laughs> the Hawk Dr. Hawkenstein and Heine Wow. That's pretty dope. That act, yeah. act, I'm not sure why, but, you know, only he knows. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. 
218 pounds, uh, drafted to the Boston Celtics, first round six pick of the 1956 NBA draft. It was a territorial selection. Um, he debuted October 27, 1956. He was inducted as a, ooh, wait. Okay, here's another guy. He was inducted as a player and a coach into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He was inducted as a player in 1986 and a coach in 2015. Uh, he only played for nine years in the NBA, so he's a Hall of Famer, six-time All-Star, eight-time NBA champ. Surprising, he was with the Celtics. Um, yeah. Four-time All-NBA, 1956-1957 Rookie of the Year. Um, it looks like he played with the Celtics for two times. I mean, mm-hmm. on two, di- oh, two different numbers, two separate times in his career. So he played uh, 654 games, averaged 18.6 points, 8.8 rebounds, two assists and his high scoring season was actually he had three back to back to back um 20 point per game seasons 1959 through 1962 those are his three best seasons in the nba yeah really great statistically i yeah. mean to put things in perspective he's probably the second best power forward of his era behind bob edit mm-hmm. um which, you know, that's just a testament to how ridiculous the Celtics were. I mean, you have the second best center in the era, you have the second best power forward in the era, you might have the best small forward in the era, you have the third best shooting guard, and you have the best point guard. No wonder you're winning 10 rings. That's an Olympic team. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tom Heinsohn definitely is the forgotten guy of those teams, a uh, skilled mid-range shooter. They had a lot of great shooter, mid-range shooters on those teams, so that's why another reason why they were so tough to beat. Yeah, very, very deserving. So I'm excited to hear you talk about another NBA champion role player. All righty. So at number 63, we have one of the greatest, wildest characters in NBA history. <laughs> Got it, Yeah, like, oh man, this guy is so wild. I remember, I remember when he dyed his hair green. <laughs> that's the beginning. That's like, yeah. that's like level one for him. <laughs> yeah. It, isn't he like a, a? Isn't he like really good friends with like South Korea? Like he's like an ambassador yeah, over there. The Korea, yeah. I think it might be North. Honestly. No, North Korea. Yeah, North yeah. Korea is a communist part. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Then the earrings, and then uh, the gambling and drinking. Oh, man, this guy was a partier. All righty. Yeah. So at number sixty-three, we have. I guess you can guess it. Dennis Rodman. About yes, how sir. we're talking about the green hair, the nose ring, mm-hmm. North, North, North Korea. So <clears throat> world-class rebounder and defender. He's also a really gritty, tough kind of guy. He definitely was perfect for the era that he was in because he's mm-hmm. really, really grit and grime. I'm gonna scratch my way to the top kind of guy. Yeah. Scratch and claw, bite if I have to, tooth and nail, whatever it needs to be done to, in order to win, that's what I'm willing to do. Like I remember he was diving all over the floor, but mm-hmm. what he really excelled at was defending. He was not a great scorer at all. He not, wasn't looking forward to scoring. He was looking for like, okay, I'm going to jump out the gym defensively. And that's really what he did. Like we is he really was like kind of never before seen. And he's, I don't think we still will ever see anything close to Dennis Rodman because nobody's really like on the level athletically and is using that for defense only. Mm-hmm. Um, I sure. mean, like, there's highlights of him really just diving across the. It, it, I don't want to say the entire gym, but damn near the entire gym, just yes. for loose balls and grabbing rebounds. Like, he's not even the strongest. I mean, well, he might be the strongest. He's not the tallest guy on the court, but he's making an impact. Like, he's a 
Like he's like the best guy on the court defensively. And yes. he's real he was really a big integral part of those Chicago Bulls teams that won championships. He also won a championship with the Bad Boy Pistons. I mean, like he was really that guy. And they I think he t- they they took him from the Spurs or he went to the Spurs later on in his career as well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he was just that that's really he was like, Yeah, this guy is a perfect fit for our team and you can see like he fit the bad boys perfectly. Mm-hmm. He was just that guy. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that guy definitely uh, embodies that. He's six foot seven, two hundred and ten pounds, uh, Hall of Famer, two time All Star, seven time rebounding champ, five time NBA champion, two time All Star, eight time All Defensive, two time Defensive Player of the Year, seventy fifth anniversary team by the NBA. Deserving of that as well. Uh, well, he never scored more than uh, 12 points in his career. He only did it once. For every other year, he scored less than 10 points. Uh, rebounds 18, 17, 16, 15, 16, 15. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's what he was for. Yeah, he was world class rebounder, world class defender, switchable. Um, I will have to harp on this though. We, got, I, th- I think we gotta, we gotta stick the knife in the wound here. I, I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't think he deserves to be on the top seventy five list. I, really? I think, I, th- I think since the guy's sixty three on the power forwards list and couldn't really score, I don't think he deserves it. Well. I would have to disagree with you there because I don't know what their criteria was for that one, but I would say impact on a team. I think that he deserved to be on that list. I mean, I know scoring wise, we're not really harping at his numbers, but you read the stats. You know what I mean? His Mm -hmm. rebounding stats are otherworldly. You know what I mean? He's probably the greatest defensive player. We've probably never got a chance to see. We weren't born during that era, but Mm -hmm. highlights wise, um, we've probably ever seen. Um, nothing comes close to it. Like I said, like I watched like the thirty for thirty on the Bad Boys. I watched his highlights. You know what I mean? I know about Dennis Rodman. I think mm-hmm. that if, for his defensive capabilities, um, and just how what the impact he had defensively on those two teams that led to championships. Because even the, that was winning basketball. His defense was winning basketball. Um, so I think that he deserves to be on the list just for just for that alone. I guess my only thing is, like, a guy like Chris Webber is not on the list. I don't think anybody would. I would put Chris Webber on the list, but the reason why he's on the list is because he lacks jewelry because he was cheated out of jewelry. (laughs) You tell him, Chris. (laughs) I could see why NBA, like, would want to have him. I could see that argument. I guess I just disagree. I think that if he's not that bad at scoring, but I wonder how many rings he has. <laughs> I think five. Yeah, see, Dan Robin has like five rings. Yeah. The reason why Fitz Weber doesn't make it is because yeah, he missed the criteria. He's an NBA analyst, but in the NBA, he had a pretty he had a pretty decent career, played on a really good team, but he likes jewelry. That's yeah. why he didn't make the list. Yeah. Jewelry doesn't matter on our podcast. I would definitely put Chris Weber on a top seventy five list. I like Chris Weber. I like that entire Sacramento Kings team. But yeah. They like jewelry, so they don't make many lists. Yeah. I, I can respect, though, that like he's the embodiment of toughness. Oh, for sure. 
like there are some guys that do do better on winning teams, and he's just one of them. Like Draymond yeah. Green, Dennis Rodham. You drop him on really terrible teams. We don't really know them as well, but these guys like this are ridiculous on great teams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. When ran rebounding mattered more in the '90s than it does now because of right now a three point area. All, most rebounds are longer. Yeah. Because in the '90s they're scoring from a scorer. They're all. They're all. I mean, the three point shot isn't that uh, evolved. So the most people are scoring closer to the rim. So having really high quality rebounders makes more sense because you can kind of guesstimate where you want people to be at and where the ball is generally going to go, and so you can gain more possessions pretty reasonably. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of point guards in today's era that average like four rebounds just because of pure luck. The ball is just bouncing off the rim. It goes really far and they go in transition. True. <clears throat> so, yeah, really good player. Alrighty. Uh, I'm going to go with 62 here. Yep. Mr. Antonio McDice. He's six foot nine. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a good post player. He has really good mo- mid range skill, but he mostly scores due to his athleticism. So, um, yeah, really good player. And I'm uh, excited to hear your statistical breakdown of Mr. Dice. Yeah, I'm pretty certain he was somebody in like the 2000s, early 2000s, Toronto Raptors. Might have been playing with Vince Carter, if I'm correct. Um, a really athletic guy. Really. I don't remember exactly what team, but I know I've heard of him before. So we have Antonio McDice. Give me one second. I got to sneeze. Never mind. Um, so one time, All Star 1999, wait, 1998, 1999, All NBA, 1995, 1996 All Rookie. Um, for his career, played 10, 1,015 games. He averaged 12.7 rebounds and 1.3 assists. He was drafted to the Los Angeles Clippers first round, second pick in the 1995 NBA draft. Uh, he had a couple, he played with a lot of different teams. So he started with, wait a second. He was drafted to the Los Angeles Clippers, but I think he was traded on draft night to the Denver Nuggets because that's where his he played his first season. So he played mm-hmm. with Denver, Phoenix, Denver, Toronto, New York Knicks, Phoenix again, and then Detroit, and then he went to San Antonio to die. Oh yeah, I think I remember that later in his career. Um. So is he uh, an NBA champion? No. Uh, he I went thought, to. Okay. Go ahead. I thought he was on the be- the Ben Wallace Pistons off the bench for a second there. No, he just missed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because it was 2003 Pistons, right? I think they won two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, he came the year afterwards. He wasn't Phoenix oh, wow. the year before. Yeah, he wow. just missed it. Jeez, that's right. He rough. also just missed the San Antonio Spurs. Winning a championship. If you stay one more, if you stay one more year with with San Antonio, he would have won a championship. Because his last career with San Antonio was 2011. That's that's really odd and unique. Yeah, yeah. he missed the championship twice. <laughs> uh. Uh, his best season was 21.2 points, and that was with Phoenix. No, Denver in 1998, 1999. Yeah, that's a good season. Yeah. Yeah. 
They scored 20 points per game one other time. That was in the year 2000. And then that was pretty much the – and then he was just on a slow decline from there. I think it might have been injuries. That's what I will say. Maybe yeah. injuries. A lot of these times, a lot of these guys who win with athleticism when they're younger, if they not, are not developing the skill as they age, then they don't really age gracefully. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to hear you break down the next guy. Very underrated, under the radar player here. I know who this guy is too, Jawan Howard. Damn it! All right, so at 61, we have Jawan Howard. Uh, this guy is six nine, six eight, well built human being. He's a really good mid range shooter. Not much of uh, a guy that's going to be in the post and stuff like that. He's a mid range shot creator off the dribble. He's a volume scorer as well. He just has a skill of a small four and a six nine body of that era, which is why he was a really good player. Yeah, it's it's really impressive uh, creating off the dribble like that with the power four position, just mid range ISO guy. Uh, one-time All-Star, two-time NBA champion, All-NBA team, All-Rookie team. Uh, his best years were with Washington when he was young, averaging 22 points per game in his second season. Um, I think he was playing with Chris Webber at that time, too, so they had a pretty big lineup. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, really good career there for uh, Jawan Howard. Uh, I know he was on the, the Michigan Wolverines uh Team with Chris Weber and Jalen. Fab Five. Yeah, Fab Five. He's a um analyst now, I think, right? I think he might be a coach. Is he a coach or analyst? I know I've seen his face somewhere. I think I think he's like somehow in the Miami Heat organization. Oh, possibly. Yeah, that that sounds about right. What's uh? Let's 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 look this up here. Yeah. Oh, he's the coach of Michigan right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Teams coached. What you getting all the friends? Oh, he coached Michigan as well? Like, he coaches Michigan, like, the college right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find his wiki. I'm pretty certain he had, like, an assistant coaching career for a little while. Uh... Yes, he was an assistant coach for the Miami Heat from 2013-2019. Yeah, congratulations. Long NBA career to uh, Juwan Howard. There's a lot yeah. of guys like that that I'm surprised that they don't take advantage of their NBA legacy and college legacy to get into like coaching jobs. Like, a guy who's next, I'm pretty sure he's, a, like, a Duke legend. Like, I'm very surprised that guys like that are not uh, on this list. So, um, I'll, I'll just break it down here. Number 60 is Elton Brand. Uh, six foot eight, really strong human being, just, like, built. Uh, he's really good in the post. He shoots mid-range shots well. And when he was younger, he was decently athletic. So you pair all those things together, you get a highly skilled six foot eight guy who's very well built. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Elton Brand is a very good player. There's a lot of these guys that are like six foot eight and six foot nine that like full casual NBA fans. What I mean by yeah. that, they're amazing in college. Yeah, ridiculous. They dominate, but then they're like, oh, I'm going against NBA size. Things deteriorate. So, uh, 
Yeah, Elton Brand. I'm excited to hear the stats of a Duke legend. Alrighty, so we have Elton Brand, a couple quick nicknames, EB, Old School Chevy, Horse, Slant, and Chief Beef. Wow. What? That guy got the worst nicknames I've ever heard in my life. Who's giving him these nicknames? Is it Biggest Enemy? <laughs> I don't know. Chief Beef? Just people in North Carolina just giving them nicknames? I guess. Oh my gosh. I want to know the story behind the Chief Beef one. <sighs> Me too. I know Cheek Beef is barbacoa, but like, what, the, what is going on? No, no, Chief Beef, like Chief. Chief Beef. Yeah, like a police chief. chief. Oh my gosh, who knew? He's the Chief of Beef. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. So... <laughs> Didn't think about that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no hoblo and glass on that one. Exactly. <laughs> no say. No say. Um, so, a couple quick things. So, he's a Duke alumni. Yep. Um, 6'8", 275 pounds, so he's not quite reaching NBA size because he's kind of undersized, mm. especially for his position. Yeah. Um, he was drafted by the Chicago Bulls. Get this. First round, first overall pick. In yep. the 1999 NBA draft. Yep. 17 years in the NBA, two-time All-Star, 2005-2006 All-NBA, 1999-2000 All-Rookie, and the 1999-2000 Rookie of the Year. So he played a, over 1,000 games, and in those games he averaged 15.9 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. Uh... And his best game, let's see if we can find it. Oh, he had, wow. Okay, so that's why. So one, two, three, four, five, six. He had six games averaging 20 or more points. I mean, six, six, six seasons averaging 20 or more points. And his best season came with the Los Angeles Clippers in 2005-2006, where he averaged 24.7 points per game. Yeah, I do remember in the early 2000s, he was really good with the Clippers. I do remember that, yeah. 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 Really good player there. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll uh, listen to you talking about breaking the top uh, 60 players. Mr. 59 here. All righty. At 59, we have Dan Ralph, Dan Roundfield. Um, so he's very athletic, six foot eight, really great rebounder, has a little bit of 10 foot and out on the wing, ISO game, can dribble, drive to the finish. Or hit a tough turnaround jump shot. He's also five times all defensive, so he's a really phenomenal defender as well. And that should add some value to him. Yeah. On the long list of uh, Cleveland Cavalier mistakes, this guy was drafted in the second round. By the Cleveland Cavaliers, you would think, oh, we drafted a guy that's number 59 on the power forward list. He never played a single season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, trade, they uh, played in the Indiana Pacers. So he got traded draft night? Basically. For what? Who did they trade him for? I don't know. All right. <laughs> More mistakes. More mistakes. Add it to the list. Yeah. I mean, the list is like looking like the Declaration of Independence right now. At this point. <laughs> He's a three-time All-Star, All-NBA player, five-time All-Defensive, six-foot-eight. 
Uh, went to Central Michigan University, a Mac school guy. Yeah. Uh, 205 pounds. His name is Dr. Rounds. I like that name. Uh, 19 good. points per game, 11 rebounds. Yeah, just a very, very good player here at Dan Roundfield. So, uh, yeah. It's funny. Another Atlanta Hawk made the list. Yeah. He played for Atlanta. And then we're going back to back. There's five Atlanta Hawk power forwards. That's insanity. That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. And then there's another Atlanta Hawk power forward after that. Oh my gosh. There's six. All right. Atlanta just drafts really well with the power (laughs) forwards, man. Uh, Underrated franchise right there. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Chris. I'm excited. You talk about the next Atlanta Hawk. Oh, I just got Dan Roundfield. You're next. Oh, I did? Oh, my bad. Oh, okay, the next Atlanta Hawk is the current Atlanta Hawks power forward, John Collins. He's a great athlete, 6'9", 6'10". He's a great lob threat, and he also has a really good mid-range shooter. He's a perfect fit in the current era of having a one a guy that either be a great roll man in the pick and roll or a guy who can pop out and hit the mid-range shot. Fits beautifully. Uh, he has an ISO mid-post game due to his, his athleticism. He's very tough to stop. He rebounds very well, defends very well, um, has a high upside. We don't really know what he is yet because he, he has a higher upside than what he's at because he shoots so well. I'm pretty sure he shoots the three-point shot standstill pretty well too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put all those things together, you get a very high-level guy who's on the rise who just got paid a crap ton of money. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I was forgetting something here, but – uh. Yeah, John Collins is really great. All right, so he's still fairly young in his career. So only about four years played. Drafted by the London Hawks, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 6'8", 235 pounds. Um, and that's really muscle because he's really a muscly, muscly, stocky guy. Um, yeah. He drafted in 2017. In the first round, 19th pick, definitely still. Um, 2017-2018, all-rookie team. And he's played 252 games. And he's averaged... For those 252 games so far, uh, 16.6 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. And he's only played 13 games so far, and he's already just about at his uh, – for what he's averaged for his career. So for the just the 13 games this season, 16.3 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 2.2 assists. So just a point um, – couple points assists better than he was mm-hmm. for his career so far. And his best scoring season so far was 2019-2020, where he averaged 21.6 points for the season. Yeah, I mean, that's really good numbers. He's always been highly efficient as well. That's what I was trying to get at. He's always yeah. been a real, really good efficiency guy, so don't take bad shots. <laughs> nope. Okay. All right, Christopher. I'm excited to hear you talk about the next Atlanta Hawk. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so at number 57, we have Kevin Willis. So this guy is seven foot tall. Um, he only has a post skill, but it's okay. But he's a good athlete, very fluid moves, very well. Seven foot tall is a phenomenal rebounder, multiple 15 rebounds a game. Guy just has a natural feel for it. So that rebounding force really allows him to score in an efficient clip because of all the putbacks he gets. Just a world-class rebounder. 
Yeah, I mean, he has enough post skill to kind of lift him up on this list above some other great re- rebounders, but mix that with size is really special combination. Uh, it was a first round draft pick, eleventh pick in the draft from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, went to Michigan State, two thousand three NBA champion for the uh, Spurs. Um. 1991-92 All-NBA team, which is really nice. Um, yeah, he's picking out around 21 points per game, 18 rebounds a game. And, oh, that's two games in one season. He must have got hurt that year, my bad. Yeah. Picking around 19 and uh, 12. Yeah. There's multiple seasons where he's rebounding ridiculous and about uh, rebounds. Yeah, just a... Just a really so when you're seven foot as well, you're also a great shot blocker at the rim. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited to break into number fifty six here. Yeah, Mr. Larry Keenan. Uh, this guy's a very unique player. He's not really bulky. He's six foot nine, so his size is not an issue, like height wise. But he's a very thin human being, almost Kevin Durant or Brandon Ingram. But he's very athletic. He can post and hit some tough shots, and he plays some pretty solid defense. He's also a pretty decent rebounder as well. As a rookie, he's averaging more than ten rebounds a game. That's in the ABA. In the NBA, he will he eventually does that too. So his athleticism gifts uh, puts him on this list here. But he has very little to low skill. Hmm. Okay. Well, he has a couple really good nicknames. Nice. Uh, so. We have Larry Keenan. Um, he changed his name to Moosin Keenan hmm? after NBA career. So I guess he's not Larry Keenan anymore. So his bye. nicknames are... Go ahead. I said bye. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. When he left NBA, he was like Moosin Keenan. Okay. Moosin, maybe Keenan. Okay, so it was nicknames K, Special K, Dr. K, Mr. K, Big Cat, Super K. Um... 6'9", 205 pounds, uh, drafted by Detroit Pistons third round, 15th pick, 15th overall. He played in the NBA and the ABA. He doesn't say what team he played for the ABA. Um, I think mm-hmm. he played in the M- he played in ABA first and then the NBA afterwards, three years following to the day. Because he was ABA debut on the 10th of October, 1973, and he debuted three years later. Wait, 12 days and three years later in October. Wow. So, yeah. That's pretty uh, nice. Right. It's kind of like story. Um, so you have that career length of 10 years, five-time All-Star, 1974 ABA champ, 1973, 1974 All-Rookie, uh, 752 games played in those 752 games, 17.2 points, 8.9 rebounds, and 2.2 assists. And his best season was well actually no he had one two three he had three back to back to back uh with the San Antonio Spurs um twenty or more points per game seasons. Yeah those are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah pretty decent guy. Yeah. So we had a little bit of a typo on the list. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody moves up one. Not moves up, moves back one. 
we have another guy in this list that I didn't numerically put down. Oh. Um, so Larry Kieran is number 57. He's number 57. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no, the true number 56, Maurice Lucas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, wait, I think you're reading the next one. My bad. Yeah, 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 there we go. Okay, yep, so number 56, we have Maurice Lucas. Uh, so this guy's 6'9", decently built human being, had a nice mid-range game and finishing around the rim, very athletic when younger, his younger years or his best years. His younger years are his best years, and so he's not like an extremely skilled human being. He's also a phenomenal defender and an enforcer. Yeah, he definitely is. Um, he's six foot nine, five time All Star. Yeah, his his nickname is the Enforcer, so that's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys took pride in beating up other people in the nineties and the eighties. Uh, it was a real thing. Yep. Six nine, two hundred fifteen pounds, five time All Star, NBA champion, All NBA, ABA All Time Team, two time All Defensive. Uh, he's peeking out around. Let's see. NBA numbers 20 and 11. Yeah, he has a few good seasons when he's really young and athletic where he's doing extremely well. So, Maurice Lucas is very deserving of this spot. And I'm reading the next guy, right? All right. A modern guy, multi time NBA champion, Draymond Green is here. He's a six foot nine power forward, world class defender, one of the greatest passers at the power forward position, maybe even the greatest uh, of all time. He's very, he's always been very okay in the post, but he's not extremely gifted scorer. But he's a perfect fit in the Golden State Warriors, which leads to a lot of winning. Uh, Chris, I'm excited to hear the stats. Alrighty, so he has a couple of cool nicknames for Draymond Green. We have Day Day, the Dancing Bear, and Dre. Um, I don't know why you call him Dancing Bear, but I wanted to start behind that. Um, drafted, by the, <laughs> drafted by the Golden State Warriors, second round, fifth pick, definitely a steal of the draft. Yes. Um, nine years experience in the NBA, three-time All-Star, 2006-2017, Steelers champ. Of course, he's a three-time NBA champ, two-time All-NBA, six-time All-Defensive, 2006-2017, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, his points per game, I don't really want to get into that because we kind of know what we're getting from Draymond. He's not really the points per game kind of player. He's really one of those guys who who what he does on the court doesn't show up on the stat list. Um, mm-hmm. It's really more of the intangibles, his leadership. And he's one of the, I don't know if he's the only guy, but he's one of the few people in NBA history who scored a, who had a triple double, but it was all a point. It was all steals, rebounds and assists. Yeah. I remember that. It was something weird like that, or maybe even yeah. blocks. Or blocked or something like that. It was all like, yeah. you know, he's really a defensive force on that team. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's exciting. Um, I'm uh, ready to. And this next guy played one season with the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm excited to hear you talk about it. Number seven on the Atlanta Hawk list. Dag. Is like, <laughs> Atlanta Hawks is like drafting power forwards back. <laughs> Alrighty, so at number 54, we have Truck Robinson. That's a pretty cool name. Yep. Uh, he's 6'7", but the name Truck really fits because he's built like a truck. He's one of those guys who just is very, very, very strong, wide body, just naturally built human being. 
I wouldn't be surprised if 225 pounds is lying. He's probably playing close to the 250. Phenomenal world-class rebounder, rebound champion, good finisher inside, does it with his size, just plays close to the rim. If you can imagine a 6-7 version of Moses Ballone where he just plays inside, that's just kind of like – it's just kind of like that. He's not highly skilled, though. Yeah, it's it's like post and rebound do both of them at a high level. Uh, he's peaking out around 22 points per game with 15 rebounds, which is really impressive. He scores more than 20 points per game uh, uh, twice. No, three times. Yeah, three times, which is really impressive for the power forward position. Uh, yes, he does have one season when he's 25. He's, he's kind of like a journeyman great player. When he's 25, he's playing with the Atlanta Hawks. So congratulations, another inductee here. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kick it to number 53 here, yep. Mr. Otis Thorpe. He is six foot nine, very athletic. He's a thin build, not extremely skilled. Um, he's very underwhelming skill-wise, but he's so gifted athletically. And so he plays with like really good foot speed and all those type of things. So when he's posting, he wins with foot speed. When he's in the mid-range, he attacks the basket and wins with foot speed and athleticism. So... Yeah, I'm excited to hear you have the statistical breakdown of Mr. Thorpe. All right. So first things first, it wasn't the Kansas City Knights. It's the Kansas City Kings. Um, So correcting myself there. Um, So, yeah, he was drafted by the Kansas City Kings first round ninth pick in the 1984 NBA draft. Uh, Played 17 years in the NBA, 6'9", 225 pounds. One-time All-Star, 1994 NBA champion. Uh, Where's the team that was with? 1994 with the Houston Rockets. Okay. And his best season, 20.8 points with Sacramento. And the 1987-88 season and for his career, 1,257 games played, 14 points per game, 8.2 rebounds, and 2.2 assists. Yeah, those are really good stats. He's, yeah. I, I definitely, he was a really good pairing with Akeem. They were really yeah. athletic together. They defended well, athletics, long. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited. All right, number 52, Chris. I'm excited to hear you talk about him. All right, so at number 52, we have David West. All righty. So, this guy is really great out of the pick and roll as the um, real man because he is such. I mean, he's a real man because he is such a good standstill mid range shooter, tough shot maker from the mid range, and also could finish near the rim. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the guy who played on the Indiana Pacers. He also played on the Warriors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. His his peak years are with the uh, with Chris Paul though. When Chris Paul's with the Hornets, mm-hmm. he's peaking out really well, around 21 points per game. Uh, this guy is a two-time All-Star, two-time NBA champion with the Warriors. Six foot nine, two hundred fifty pounds, and he looks like it. Dude is built like muscularly. He's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has a really good uh, career there with a uh, with a uh, Chris Paul. So yeah, very very good player. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna break it into number fifty-one. Antoine Walker. This guy is six foot eight, a very thinly built human being. Uh, but his gift is in his feet. What I mean by that, he has really great speed. He moves like a point guard or just a guard. He does a really good job of attacking the rim off the dribble, creating his own shots. He's more of a really great ISO player than anything else. He's an okay passer as well. 
I do, yeah. I do remember him with the Boston Celtics. He was really great during that uh, early 2000s period. So I'm excited to hear you talk about statistical breakdown. Alrighty. So a couple quick nicknames. Tone. Uh, oh, is it Twan? Antoine Walker. So it's Twan, employee eight. Uh, employee number eight in Cyber Twan. Uh, so then you have. Like, that's uh, pretty good. He was drafted by the Boston Celtics first round six pick in the 1996 NBA draft. Um, three-time All-Star 2006 NBA champ with the Miami Heat. Remember, he was on the Miami Heat team when Dwayne Wade, I think, in like his first year, he led him to a championship when he had Shaq. Yep, I remember 1996, that. 1997 All-Rookie. 893 games played, 17.5 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, 3.5 assists. And then his best season... Well, actually, no. He had he uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so he had six, um, six twenty points or more points per game season um, throughout his career. So he was really, really good efficient scorer. Yeah, definitely, a hundred percent. All right, Christopher Muhammad, I'm excited to hear your breakdown, Mister Fifty. All right, so at number fifty, we have. A parent of a current of a modern NBA player, yep. we have Demontis Sabonis. Uh, is a great post player with being very physical, uh, with being a very physical player while being a very good mid-range shooter as well as a passer and rebounder. Wait, is he a parent or is Arvidas the parents? It's Demontis Sabonis. I thought Arvidas was the was the dad was the father. Yeah, Arvidas is. Okay, so Demontis is the current is a modern guy, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. I had it mixed up. Yep. RB okay. Alrighty. Yeah, I mean, six foot eleven, two hundred forty pounds, eleventh pick in the draft, two time all star. I mean, his assist numbers are impressive. It's like six point seven is what he averaged last year. Mm-hmm. He averaged twenty, six point seven assists and twelve rebounds. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, he's never been much of a defender, but he's about as skilled as somebody can be with not being extremely athletic. Um so yeah, this is the end of seventy through f- seventy five through fifty. Really excited to go through the next part of this list. Fifty through twenty five, 